Vikings get their first win versus Bill Belichick and the Patriots in 22 years. So does this team have what it takes for a Super Bowl run? We're breaking it all down. It's coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's your daily 30-minute breakdown, everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. Monday, Reg, not our normal victory Monday, but I haven't seen you yet since the Vikings victory, so we're breaking down the win today. But first, you told us about the sweet potato pie, the deep-fried turkey, the dressing. How was your Thanksgiving weekend, man? It was delicious. Um... <laughs> You know, I didn't get a chance to get home for Thanksgiving this year, so okay. it was weird kind of missing out on mom's cooking. But, man, mm -hmm. there were so many people who filled in the gap from Thanksgiving Day. Um, mm -hmm. Several people who, you know, invited my wife and I over for dinner that day and after. Mm -hmm. And so I got my feel of the good Thanksgiving food. So I did have the fried turkey. I had the dressing, had the sweet potato pie, had mac and cheese. It was all divine. Total team effort over there. Yeah, love it. Saw a little bit of your Care 11 pregame show. Killed it per usual. We were out in Brookings, South Dakota with the fam. Beautiful spread. Ate way too much pumpkin pie. Absolutely. Mom sent us home with like, you know, 12 pounds of leftovers. But most importantly, <laughs> got to enjoy that Vikings win together with the family. Certainly a Thanksgiving. I'll never forget. That's for sure. So much to get into. First, remember, follow along Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment and on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at locked on MIN. And remember, we're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it. We got it. Check out all the great choices over there, too. You got the Ron Johnson show, you got the football party, and more. It's your one stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and drop us a five star review. All right. To football we go. I just kind of want to skim through this 33-26 primetime victory with you quickly with a couple of your biggest key plays that when you woke up Friday just really stuck out to you that really had a major factor in deciding that game. I'll get mine out of the way first. These two teams, they just go blow for blow back and forth. Not the game that we all expected. Maybe a low-scoring affair. I think the over-under was like 42-43. And they just go back and forth. Pats go up 23-16. Remember all week, I just kept saying, Belichick owns this team, man. This third-down mm. defense, it's a cheat code. If we get down, I'll be awfully worried. Well, they score again. They go up seven again. And I just didn't know if this offense could keep driving down the field over and over again. So I I knew they needed a spark from someone, and boy, oh boy, did they get one following kickoff. 
Kene Nwangu. You heard KOC in the postgame locker room. We all kept saying we knew it was coming. When's he going to get one? And I can't think of a more critical juncture in the game when the Pats are riding high and feeling good just to kind of punch him in the gut, wipe that little smirk off Bill Belichick's face on the sideline. Nwangu takes his third return TD to the house of his career. That was the play of the game for me if you made me pick one. And just real quick before I let you jump in, I'm sure you've seen this stat by now. Patterson, who just broke the all-time record, by the way, he's got a TD return every 29 returns. Devin Hester, one of the all-time greats, he had a kick return every 59 chances. Meanwhile, Kenny Nuangu, he's in his just second year. He's got three already, one kickoff return TD every 13.7 returns. So just another little parting gift left behind from Rick Spielman when a lot of folks said, what are you doing drafting another running back that early? Well, he knew what we didn't. This guy can fly. He helped change the game in a big way, shift the momentum back into U.S. Bank Stadium. Reg, give me a play or two that just really sticks out to you that helped decide the outcome in that game. Well, going back to the Kane play, like, it was interesting hearing Kevin O'Connell talk post game. He was saying like, man, every time I see him, you know, just in the meeting room or in the lunch room, you're just like, man, this is the day, this is the day you break one. And it just seemed like this year he just couldn't do much. We really haven't seen much from him at all this season. Most of all of his returns are usually like him getting hit behind the 20, behind the 15 yard line. And that was something that I was just like, man, what's going on with Kene Wangwu this year? And then all of a sudden he breaks that one and you're like, wow. And then you look at it and you're like, well, I guess with the, with the rarity that it is that people do break them for touchdowns, I guess he's right on track. You know, it, it seemed like he was having a bit of an off year or a down year from a kick return perspective. But then when you look at the what you said with Cordero Patterson and Devin Hester and their regularity with getting into the end zone, it was just like, wow, I guess, you know, what he's doing is truly dynamic. So, you know, I'll eat a little bit of that humble pie instead of the, the sweet potato pie on uh, Thanksgiving there. But so no, it's funny, just me. real quick. My, my, my dad turns to me, he goes, is this guy any good? Before the kick return, he goes, is this guy any good? Every time I see him, he's at like the 15, the 18. I go, dad, he had two last year. He's about to bust one here soon. Dad didn't say another word about Kenny Nwanga the rest of the game. So no, to your point, you're right. Just a little bit of an off year up to that point. You're right. Yeah, but you know, like even still, you're like when the, the kick returners are dynamic, like even though they may not break one all the way, like they still maybe break one for 30, 40 yards or something like that. We didn't even see that from him this season. So it was just like mm -hmm. nothing, 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 boom, everything. And it was just like, oh, okay, well, all right, well, we'll take we'll take it all, I guess. And so <laughs> that was that was interesting to see. Uh, a few plays to me that stuck out stuck out uh was obviously that play. Uh after Kirk Cousins threw that interception, the Patriots only got a field goal out of it. Mm -hmm. And the Vikings came right back down scored the field goal, and it was a field goal game for a bit there. And then all of a sudden the Vikings come back and they get the touchdown to TJ Hawkinson, his first as a Viking. Actually, his second at U.S. Bank Stadium this season, the first one was when he was a Lion. Uh, but I mm. want to go back to this critical drive in the fourth quarter, okay? 13.06 is when the drive starts. 
it looks like a typical stall drive. Cousins, there, there's a false start, goes back five yards. Third and 14, Cousins dumps it off to Hawkinson. They get 11 yards, fourth and three, time to punt. And it's just like, oh, man, like, here we go. You know, the game is tied. But it feels like New England is just like, I don't know, it feels like the Vikings are just like holding on by the skin of the pigskin. And you're just like, oh, man, like you're just waiting because the defense really had a hard time stopping New England on Thursday. And then all of a sudden, Ryan Wright comes in, kicks the punt. It goes 56 yards, which is nice. But then great punt. He gets run into. That gets wiped out. Yeah. He gets run into. Acting job of the century. Okay. Like, give him the Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Okay. He gets up celebrating like the U.S. just won the World Cup. Like, he was going crazy when they threw that flag. They come back. They get the ball. Two plays. Two plays. It's second and two. That second play. Cousins drops back. Kind of evades the rush, kind of maneuvers the pocket a little bit, throws kind of a sidearm, sling it down the field across his body, perfectly pass ball to Justin Jefferson. Two defenders, splits the defenders. He catches it, 36-yard gain that puts them in the red zone. It was incredible. Just a, a, a wonderful pass from Kirk. A great play from Justin Jefferson, as he does time and time again. And that ends up, what is that? The ne- the very next play, mm-hmm. the touchdown to Adam Thielen, which is the go-ahead touchdown. Those two plays right there were the two biggest plays of the game to me. Because, well, not two plays, but three plays. Because right. if that doesn't happen, who knows what what New England does. Like I said, the Vikings were having trouble stopping New England all game long. And it seemed like even when they gave New England their best punch, the Patriots come right back down the field and punch them right back in the mouth even harder. And so even though that play was going to start, or that drive for the Patriots was going to start from the eight, it was just a lot that you saw in that game that made you think, wow, man, I don't know. I don't know if you want to give the Patriots the ball here. They're doing really well getting the ball down the field, and they didn't have to because Ryan Wright, the unsung hero of that second half with the flop that would make uh, Joel Embiid proud, you know, like just the it would make LeBron proud. It was incredible, and it really changed the game for the Vikings there. Yeah, he's been a stud all year. Matt Daniels just doing a great job with that whole entire special teams unit. Yeah, so many to choose from. Bottom line, Vikes are 9-2. and Unreal, by the way. Just never gets old saying that. I've been saying that for a few days. Vikes are 9-2. and Where does this win stack up with the other eight victories, in your opinion? Like, I don't know. When you look back right now, what did that win mean for this team's confidence compared to maybe some of the others? Where does this one stack? It's high up there. Because honestly, the the Buffalo win was good, but it was Mm -hmm. almost like they were playing with house money. This team is good, right? And you're like, look, Mm -hmm. maybe they don't win, but at least maybe go in there and make it competitive. Buffalo is supposed to be like a Super Bowl favorite. So like, no shame in losing to them. Mm-hmm. Then they go in there and shock them, and you're like, whoa, like they won? Okay, oh. And then, you know, it's the, the most epic game of the year. Mm-hmm. But you think about it. 
look at some of these games where they seem like they were, you know, kind of down in the dumps. Like you look at the Lions game, the third week of the season, where it was like, oh, man, like the Lions just seem to have them on their heels the whole time. They come back and they're able to win. That Bears game, the Bears kind of had them on their heels until Cam Dantzler rips the ball from uh, Amir Smith-Marset, calls ball game. You know, that Dolphins win was was gutty. The The Cardinals win was gutty. But honestly, when it comes to, like, which games were the biggest of the season, I would put this one right up there. I think when you think about where they were, I caught up with Harrison Phillips on the field after the game, and he just looks so relieved. He looks so relieved, and he was just like, man, it felt so good to get this win tonight. You know, everybody was kind of down on us, and we just really didn't like how that game turned out and how we looked, and we didn't feel like this was the team that that we felt like represented who we are on Sunday against the Cowboys, and there was just so much bad juju around the team. And for them to come out and really not play their best game of the season and still be able to come out and grit out and gut out a win on a Thanksgiving, on a primetime game with everybody watching after what you saw happen on last Sunday, I think that that was one of, if not the biggest win of the season. Vikings fans... They've been burned. They've been beaten down too many times throughout seasons. They go, ah, man, same old Vikes. Look at the way they lost this one. Same old Vikes. Bill Belichick had this team's number. Hadn't beat them since 2000. 22 years. They lost five straight. And if you lose this game, it's just an opportunity for those fans again to look and say, just kind of the same old Vikes. This is a win that separates this team in this year and this season versus teams in the past. Top two scoring defense, third down defense. The Bills game was magical without a doubt. That's probably the most marquee win. You know, beating the Packers always feels special. And as far as the way they did it, it was kind of the same blueprint as a lot of their other victories. But just what sticks out to me the most is the way this offense was able to move the ball versus that defense. Remember, this is an offense that we've seen plenty of times throughout this season kind of plateau and just go through these major lulls in the middle of the games but to watch KOC Kirk Cousins Justin Jefferson just do the things they were able to do was a wow moment for me that this offense is continuing to get better every single week and you saw why you bring in a guy like Kevin O'Connell this year to help maximize your offensive talent and the weapons the way he did and between just the game script the play calling and then obviously the execution that was maybe the best offensive performance for me given the opponent they were facing second highest completion percentage allowed by a Bill Belichick defense ever 81.6% you just don't see that versus this Patriots defense it's just unheard of and by the way the only other team higher was 2008 Dolphins who if you remember they ran that wildcat offense kind of gimmicky offense far fewer pass attempts than Kirk and the Vikings passing game just can't say enough how impressed I was with the marriage between Kirk and KOC and of course when you got just a superstar like JJ just to throw it up to that doesn't hurt either. Just real quick, speaking of KOC and Kirk, is there one thing you've seen under O'Connell? You sit and watch Kirk now and say, yeah, that's a lot different now, or he's gotten a lot better in this area, etc." You know, it's interesting. After the game, you know, Kirk Cousins had a 
really good stat line if you think about it. That interception obviously was a blemish from them, uh, from him. But you look at the stat line: thirty of thirty-seven, two hundred and ninety-nine yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Only took one sack. Had an eighty-five QBR, passer rating of one sixteen point one. Like, not bad. And if you talk to him after the game, he was like, yeah, I still felt like I could have played better. I still feel like I missed some throws. I still feel like, you know, it's it's obviously better to come up here and talk to you guys after a win. He was like the defense, Kane's return, you know, all these things in play helped out for us to get the win so that my deficiencies weren't necessarily glaring. But you look at it. Kirk has been balling this year. Like statistically, from a statistical standpoint, he's not necessarily the best that he's been in his career. We've seen better numbers. We probably have seen better numbers la- uh, last season, even. Mm-hmm. And his nine interceptions is is a pretty high mark for him this season, or just in his career in a season. But I think what's changed is the confidence that the team has in him, the confidence that his head coach has in him. And he talked about that. He was like. Every time I, I come over to the sideline, guys are encouraging me. They, they've shown confidence in me. They're talking to me, telling me how much they believe in me. Even after I make a mistake, they're like, all right, that's all good, Kirk. You're still good. Go back and get them. We believe in you. And he said that has done wonders for his confidence. And in football, in sports in general, confidence is everything. How many times have you seen a guy like Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, or even like a, a LeBron James. You hit one shot, you hit two shots. All of a sudden, you're feeling it. All of a sudden, that form is feeling good, is looking good, and you're just on fire. You're hot. NBA Jam, he's on yes. fire. You know? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is playing on fire. He's He made a mistake. That was a badly thrown ball that airmailed on him that resulted in an interception. It didn't break him. And we've seen that time and time again. When the game is on the line, he makes the plays that matter the most. And he threw some absolute dimes. Like I mentioned that dime to Justin Jefferson. That was an absolute dime to Jefferson. But then on that touchdown pass, are you kidding me? He was a little late on that throw. And it was Mm -hmm. still on the money just like – just out of the reach of the defender into Adam Thielen's hands, and he does the sweet feet in the back of the end zone to get his feet in for the touchdown. Like, he's thrown some some absolute dimes this season, and you got to give his credit where credit is due. And he talked about after the game how it almost makes him emotional just how much he's been empowered in this offense, and, and he feels like, you know, he's still not at his optimum because – He's still learning the offense. He's like, it's great that the team is still winning despite him not necessarily having as firm a grasp on the offense as he might have next year in this system or, you know, down the line. But I think what he is showing is he can be the guy that the Vikings can win with and not a guy that the Vikings win in spite of. Like, he's making the throws. He's making the plays that allow the Vikings – to win these football games and they show the confidence in him to do that, which is cyclical to me is like one thing leads to the next and it just keeps going around and around to success. Yeah. There was another throw that's just going to totally get glossed over. It's just a third and long third, and nine, third and 12, something like that throws an out route to TJ Hawkinson. The only spot he could put that and just vital at that juncture in the game to move the chains 
perfect throw, great catch. And you see, again, the addition of what TJ Hawkinson's starting to do to this offense, certainly, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. NBA Jam. Kirk Cousins starting to heat up in this offense. We knew it was going to take a little bit, and not a lot of people had a lot of patience early on. Now you're starting to see them really heat up. Uh, just to mm -hmm. your point, they have five straight possessions. You know, you talked about these offensive lulls that the Vikings have for big yep. stretches of the game during this season. They have five mm -hmm. straight possessions, uh, not including the last possession of the first half where they just took the kneel and went into the locker room. But they have mm -hmm. five straight possessions where they scored points on. Wow. That's something to grow on right there. Against who of all defenses? Who? The New England yeah. Patriots? Uh, shocker. I just remember under Zimmer, it was just so ingrained in Kirk's mind. For so long, you can't turn the ball over. And that obviously leads to staying conservative, not trying to make that tight throw in a tight window, not losing the game. Let your defense go do the dirty work as opposed to going out there and trying to win it and being aggressive. And I just see it on the field. I even see it on the sidelines. If Kirk throws a pick, it's all good. Shake it off. Let your teammates pick you up because in this league now, unless you've got an all-world defense and special teams, you have to be able to put up some points every single week. And KOC's ability to not only drop these beautiful opening drive scripts and play designs to help Kirk, but his ability to help him grow this kind of newfound confidence in passing up the check down on third and long. How many times did we see that? And instead ripping one into a tight window and letting your playmakers go make a play on the ball. Kirk has always been ultra accurate, kind of this pure pocket guy, but we've never seen this kind of gunslinger mentality like we've seen slowly develop, especially the last month or so. Okay, panic meter, Greg Joseph, where are we at? Because people are saying it's a thing now. Six missed extra points. It's only week 12 here. Are you worried about Greg the leg? And if you were the Vikings, would you at minimum bring a kicker in this week to work out? Maybe send a message. Do you think they'll do that? Where are you at with Greg Joseph? Hold on real quick before I get to Greg Joseph. To your last point about Kirk in that offense, they yeah. talked too about Justin Jefferson and his growth as a player and how the trust in him has grown. And so mm -hmm. Kirk is now, you know, you talk about that gunslinger approach that he has. He is a little bit more confident and he's kind of playing outside of himself. And I don't know how much it was just Mike Zimmer or what. But, like, he's kind of playing outside of himself, extending plays in the pocket, you know, maybe taking off to run sometimes. But the biggest thing is just throwing these what I like to call YOLO passes, these 50-50 balls up to Justin Jefferson. And he talked about how Justin Jefferson has put enough on tape that he has developed that trust in him to throw those balls up to him. And Justin Jefferson's like, look, I keep telling Kirk, like, I got you. Just throw it up to me. Give me a chance to make a play and I'll make it for you. And time and time again, like I said, it's cyclical. The, as the trust grows, the throws happen. And as the throws happen, the plays get made by Jefferson. And it just keeps going round and round and round. And to the point where some of these times you, you just see them just kind of bail this offense out at times when they're in a rut. I look at the Cincinnati Bengals. They haven't had Jamar Chase they've been winning in spite of. But how many times have you seen Zach Taylor get in a rut and he just dials up a go route to Jamar mm -hmm. Chase and Burrow just drops back, tosses it up, allows Chase to go get it with his athleticism and his speed. And we're kind of seeing that same thing happen with Cousins 
and Jefferson. And it's really cool to see the evolution of this duo in this offense to where now you're saying Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the league. Now, switching over to Greg Joseph, yes, I am worried because something is going on there. And they've been winning in spite of, but what you don't want to see is him lose his confidence. And when the game does matter, when things get a little bit tighter, and now all of a sudden, as you know, you're thinking about making this playoff run or getting to the playoff stretch, and now this field goal matters or this extra point matters, and all of a sudden he's missing it, you're like, what's going on? Like, it's one of those things that even though the Vikings have been winning largely this season, that's been a a storyline that's kind of been like simmering, just kind of going under the radar a little bit. And you're like, I don't know, I don't know. And as they keep piling up, you're like, what is going on with Greg Joseph? Now you have to be careful to mess with a kicker psyche. And I don't know that it's so interesting because like with quarterbacks and other receivers, you bring somebody in and you're like, Oh, okay, yeah, like okay, yeah, game on. They wanna, they wanna, you know, bring in some competition. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what's up. Like, let the best man win. The best man is gonna be me. But the moment that you start to kind of maybe waver or lose some confidence in your kicker, and we've seen it in Minnesota before, mm-hmm. and they they made a mistake with Carlson. He's one of the best kickers in the league right now. But Zimmer kind of had a short leash in which is why I think he had a little bit of a longer leash with Greg Joseph when people were ready to cast him off even last year. And so I think maybe he's just in a bit of a rut. Maybe he works his way out of it. We've kind of seen it with, you know, some guy, Nick Folk, uh, Mason Crosby, you know, some of these good kickers. Even Justin Tucker had a little bit of a funk that he has been in his his career. And so some of the best kickers, sometimes they go through these things. You want to see him work out of it. You do believe in Matt Daniels being able to coach it out of him, these mistakes, and get him playing a little bit more confidently. But right now, it is a concern, and it's something that you hope doesn't rear an ugly head at a critical moment this season. I agree with everything you just said. I just look at where we're at in this juncture in the season. Who are you going to go get that's a for sure exactly. confident upgrade? Bring somebody in off the street. I just don't see it. I would much rather, again, like they didn't do with Daniel Carlson, work through this kind of little lump that he's in right now and let Matt Daniels work with him and do his job because all Matt Daniels done so far this year, just as a whole top to bottom with that special teams, has been outstanding. Coming up next, I'm going to ask Reggie the ultimate question. Can the Vikings win this Super Bowl this year? <gasps> but first... Vikings now 10-1 to to win the Super Bowl after Thursday's win versus the Patriots. Vikings open this week versus the Jets as three-point favorites. Over-under starts at 42 points. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with BetOnline. BetOnline BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it. They got it. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net where the game starts. All right, Reg, last one as we wrap up. 9-2, and two, you beat the Bills, the Patriots, the Packers, Dolphins, Cardinals, Commanders. You lost to the Eagles and the Cowboys. After 11 games, is this a Super Bowl caliber team? And if not, what do you still need to see to say this is a team that needs to be mentioned in the discussion with the other top teams in the league? So I think it is a Super Bowl caliber team. I hate saying that because I just don't want to put any bad juju out right. there. You know what I'm saying? But right. I think 
I think they have the pieces. I thought what was interesting was if you saw the pregame special on Thursday night, Thanksgiving, I talked to Tony Dungy. And that conversation with Tony Dungy was very enlightening to me because he talked about how the year when he won a Super Bowl with the Colts, they got blown out like five weeks before they won the Super Bowl. And everybody was just like, oh, man, like, oh, is the, is it over? You know, we, we had all these thoughts about the Colts and then all of a sudden they get blown out. Should we be concerned? And he saw that game against the Cowboys as not necessarily, you know, how everyone else was seeing the game. He was just like, I'm not too concerned about them. I think they have all the right pieces to make things work. And when you think about it, the talent that they have assembled, I think they can make a Super Bowl type run. You look at the Bengals last year. All they needed was just some timely plays by some key guys to just kind of go on that run. That It was special with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. They had the defense making plays with Jesse Bates back there. Eli Apple, you know, people had cast him off. He's making plays. And so you look at this Vikings team, and they have talent all across the board, and they have kind of those critical things. You look at, like, that that Ravens team from back in the day that Joe Flacco led to the Super Bowl. Like Joe Flacco is not a world beater quarterback. I would say Kirk Cousins is maybe a little bit elevated than Joe Flacco is. But you look at Kirk Cousins at quarterback, the throws that he's making this season when it, the game matters the most in critical junctures. You got the running back, Dalvin Cook. You got top flight receivers with Jefferson, Osborne, Thielen, you add Hawkinson to the mix. And then you look at the pass rush with Hunter and Smith. You got these steady Eddie linebackers and Patrick Peterson. Even at this juncture in his career, he's making plays. Harrison Smith is a playmaker. Like, you got guys on this team that can make plays when it matters. And we've seen the Vikings be able to gut out some of these wins. And maybe they aren't, you know, playing these games where you're like, dang, like they're not blowing teams out They're You know, they're playing teams down to the wire and maybe it's a little too close for comfort. But at the end of the day, the only thing when you look back five years at the record this year, all you're going to see is the W's and the L's. And you're not going to remember, oh, man, they played the commanders close. They played the Bears close. Like the only thing that you're going to remember is what was the result of the season and what were the win loss totals? And so when you look at the season, they are what their record says. They're nine and two right now. And I think they have all the pieces that can make a Super Bowl run. It's just the fact of can they continue this slide and can they continue to make it count when they need to? This was a great, gritty bounce back win from the Vikings after a terrible loss on that Sunday night. Now can they string some more together and go on another streak? I think what we saw is nothing is going to break this team because that type of a loss after that type of a victory the week before against the Bills, like something like that could break a team and cause them to go on a slide, but it didn't. They bounced back with the win, and I think that's the mark of a good football team. Very well said, Reg. Come back tomorrow. I'll tell you why I think the Vikings need to be in the Super Bowl discussion as well. That's a wrap today, though. Remember, like, rate, review, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. That's the man, Reggie Wilson. Check him out on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV, and check him out every night up on CARE 11. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. We're back tomorrow with another episode of Superior Sports Talk on Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. 
Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love this week.